So let's listen to uh, one of the guys who's out in the street while he's in the subway. This is Herbie Bar. Is that his name? Or maybe it's Herbie Bar. But he's basically looking at things in the subway and how dangerous it is. This is a video I really didn't want to I've gotten so many questions about the rising crime rate in New York City. We're going to dive into it. We're going to talk my personal experiences, crime stats, what the city's trying to do, and if it's still safe for us to visit. Guys, I'm really afraid right now. Can I ride the subway with YouTube until I get to my stop? And we said, of course you can, sure. I felt so bad at that moment that there's many New Yorkers who are in real fear for their safety every time they take the subway. Now, for my tourists watching, I don't want you to panic. I'm not trying to scare you. I still think you should visit, but there's some steps you need to take, and we're going to get to that later in the video. Statistically speaking, crime is up in every single category in New York City. Grand larceny up almost 70%. Grand larceny auto almost 100% increase. Hate crimes up 121%. All of these numbers should alarm you, but we have to also take into account historical perspectives here. So, you know, they tend to want to shift into this because you got to remember why these people are promoting New York for tourism videos. And they tend to want to jump and say, well, you know, it really isn't that bad, you know. But that's not the reality that people who are from here say. And a lot of the people who are out there talking about, you know, all these issues tend to forget. If you look at, for example, Eyewitness News, ABC7, what are they saying? Good evening again, I'm Sam. There's no question that crime is up. There's no question that these horrific high-profile tragedies need to stop. And there's no question that this fear of crime is real and growing. But there are many questions about how to regain control of our streets, our subways, and our city. And the answer's not easy. Over the next half hour, we are going to examine what could be behind this recent spike in violence. The real spike in violence? They're trying to blame it now on the homeless. And that's why you're seeing a lot of the homeless shift off and run away. So ABC7 is basically their top thing is right away you see the graphic coming up. Oh, it's all these homeless people. No, it's not the homeless. It's the criminals who are not being punished. And that is a real problem. Unfortunately, many of the TV stations in New York City are subsidized in part by City Hall with a lot of advertising that they are not getting because of all the businesses that have been closing. And they're not talking about that. There is a payola literally coming out of City Hall that makes sure that many of the news reports that you would normally not see um, or used to see are not being seen. So let's look at what Fox 5 is reporting. They're not exactly popular with City Hall, so they're not on the payola. Tonight here at the West 96th and Broadway subway station, but it was a wild scene just a few hours ago. Police say at around 2 a.m., a man in his 40s slashed two women in their early 20s on board a northbound two train. Both women were taken to the hospital with non-life-threatening injuries. Police say they have a man in custody, but this is just the latest case of violence underground. In fact, just last night, there was an eerily similar case not too far from here. 
Police this morning are searching for the person who turned this Harlem platform to a crime scene. Video from the Citizen app shows a man, his arm blood-soaked, waiting for medical attention moments after he and another man were slashed by a third. It happened at the Harlem 2-3 stop at 110th and Lenox last night. Police believe one man brushed off a request from the suspect for a swipe through the turnstile. And when someone else did, the suspect attacked the man who had it with a knife. Waving the weapon so wildly, he also slashed the man who did help. Police say both men were hospitalized with non-life-threatening injuries. Their attacker is on the run. So that's the general situation. Okay, so you have people who are trying to get on the subway or trying to get on the trains. And, uh, you know, uh, if you don't let them in or, you know, don't let them through the doors, there are places where, you know, you can get, uh, you know, hurt especially if you're in places like Harlem. But this is the focus of many of the TV stations. You know, they're focusing on Harlem. They're focusing on all these other areas. They're not realizing that the problem is getting pretty bad pretty much all over. I mean, you can go to a guy like uh, travel uh, bloggers. You know? Uh, I know the other night I played the, played the video from uh, Action Kid. I played the audio from Action Kid and how he's pretty much leaving the city because of this and uh uh you know you you see a lot of their uh talks on what is going on um and just you know how bad the situation is uh primarily it's fueled by a huge amount of economic decline as uh he is saying and it is a situation that, that you're seeing throughout the city going on here As he walks along what used to be called Northern Boulevard, uh, this is, uh, I believe, 30th Avenue. You know, you can see him going down the streets and, you know, talking to people, or not really talking to people, but kind of showing, like, all the businesses that are closed and all the areas where, you know, things aren't the way they used to be. You know, he kind of jumps around and, and, and you, you know, you see all of these places, you know, that are closed now that no longer exist. And, uh, a lot of the places, and what they're talking about, you know, is, uh, a lot of these places that, that so let's, let's talk about, you know, what the photo that, uh, is on the title card. And you can see in the front there, it says, uh, shop lifted to death. <laughs> really sad and I have talked to uh, some local business owners here there was a robbery event that happened in the store where people went in there and took some stuff and uh, it's really sad so you know you've got robberies you've got that but not only that according to him according to Action Kid guess what else is happening a short distance also away. on that same night that this place got robbed, there's the bank down the street that also got robbed too. So, you know, this is what people are saying. More and more robberies, violence. This isn't in Manhattan. This is in Astoria. This is in Queens. This is in a residential part of the city. You know? And these are not traditional areas for this kind of crime. At least, not in this century. 
vast majority of residents in New York City, and uh, we do mean the vast majority, regardless of political party, political affiliation, religious background, or whatever, are generally upset with the state of crime. You don't have to be a Republican to complain about it. You don't have to be a Democrat to condone it. It's just getting completely out of hand. And largely, this is caused by groups that many believe are deliberately working to make sure that crime continues to rise. And one of the scariest reasons for this is something that happened in the past. Way back in the late 1970s, mid to late 1970s, up to the 1980s, there was a scandal wherein a lot of arsons took place. A lot of buildings were run down. Crime was encouraged in certain parts of the Bronx and uh, lower Manhattan. The purpose behind this, apparently, it was later learned, was many gangs were bribed to commit the crimes so that developers could buy the properties very cheap. It eventually led to some prosecution, and it was known as the Bronx burning sensation. But it didn't only happen in the Bronx. It did happen in many other areas. Now we're seeing similar conditions occurring in Manhattan, in areas, unfortunately, that were recently rebuilt and redeveloped, but other areas are in low-cost areas that normally are places of refuge for people who are from the working side of the community, whether they are in families or single individuals. Places like Brooklyn, Queens, are all seeing a spike and rise in crime and also homelessness, as many of the areas of Manhattan are chasing away the homeless, hiring private security because police aren't doing the job, literally putting them on subway trains, giving them money and telling them to stay away. Now, many of these people are allegedly being told where to go. They're in areas like Long Island City, Astoria, and other parts of Brooklyn, which are considered to be tier areas for potential redevelopment or gentrification, as some would say. But the real purpose in all this is to be able to make money off of the properties when they're redeveloped. Let's listen to some of the commentary of some of the people and what they're saying about how bad things are in the city of New York from people who walk the streets on a daily basis, part of their job. These are YouTubers and influencers, and what they say matters because they're on the streets, and you can see it in their videos. I'll put links in the show notes. The property developers of the South Bronx was uh, a craze in an era when people came in, ripped up apartments, wanted to turn them into something new. So you had a landlord selling. The only way they could chase people out because of rent control laws was by burning down the place or increasing crime, they said. On the side of the firemen, it was also difficult because the residents tried to fight back by making sure the firemen couldn't get into the buildings at times and fight the fires. You see, some of the people who lived in the buildings were the ones actually setting the fires. They were paid off by the landlords, by organized crime, by other groups. This happened in the 1970s. I'm not talking about something that happened now. And even back then, they talked about it a lot. BBC sent a documentary team back, uh, I believe this was a bit about 1970-ish, and they talked about it a little bit more and what it was like back then. It's always interesting to step back in history and look at it because you see a lot of documentaries now and they blame everything, <laughs> you know, even even the fires and the violence and the crime. They blame it on uh, social justice issues and race, which unfortunately just isn't true. 
a lot of what was occurring is the fault of the people who lived in those very areas, who living through crime and allowing themselves to be used by the criminals, allowing themselves to stay for free or abuse the system, created problems themselves. Take a listen. This is a twist back in time from 1972. It's about uh, 50 years ago and what it means now. The South Bronx used to be a respectable Jewish neighborhood. Then it was respectable Irish. Now it's a ghetto fast becoming derelict. It hasn't been bombed, it's been devastated by neglect and the people who live here, mostly immigrants from the Deep South or Puerto Rico. There are few parks, no playing fields or even play streets, so they improvise their own amusements, sometimes to the firemen, lethal. What they'll do is they'll cut a hole in the floor, say right by the entrance to the apartment. They'll cut a hole in the floor and they'll cover it over with like a piece of cardboard or something like that. So when the fireman does go in, and he's crawling in, he'll crawl, you know, and he'll go right through the hole. And what they'll do also is, uh, I knew what they were doing, was they get piano wire. And they were stringing it right across the entrance to a doorway, about neck high. So when a fireman's crawling into the place, they'll crawl in and cut his throat with the piano wire. Another one they were yeah. doing was with bags of gasoline. Gasoline, balloons, balloons, balloons of gasoline. gasoline. They'd have them hanging up. And as the fire would burn, they'd open up the gasoline. As you're going in, the gasoline would open up and it would light up right in front of you, sometimes right on top of you. Another unbelievable thing that they have here is like when there is a fire in an occupied building, there'll be one floor of that, the, uh, the apartment that is burning, and the floor below it or the floor above it, they'll be, one that, they'll be taking stuff out. They'll be, you know, looting places, oh. which is really unbelievable. And like we have no way of knowing who. Who's the occupants of this property that they're taking down or what, you know? So you let them go by and then like 10 minutes later, somebody comes up and says, my apartment was robbed. And say, well, listen, lady, there isn't much we can do about it. You know, it's, uh, we've seen people coming out with television, but we don't know if they own them, you know, and everybody, and uh, even the people themselves have, you know, they've won themselves with sticks and stuff and gone after these people, you know, that they know that they, they're looting and, Stuff like this, yeah, which is really unbelievable. It sounds like they're uh, setting up a the fire just for the purpose of the voting in the So if you heard the firemen talk about it, setting the place on fire while others loot, burn, while the owners cash in on the insurance. In the meantime, you had the situation of people doing things in the South Bronx and other parts of the Bronx where they were making money uh, off of the redevelopment and reconstruction of those and repositioning and reselling the apartments out to other people. So you see, it was an endless cycle, a cycle of a community feeding on itself. Yes, it was really sad, but it did happen. And that was then, 50 years ago, from this documentary from the BBC. I'll put a link to it in the show notes so you can listen to it. It's just online. It's free to access. It's a 50-year-old documentary from 1972 about the firemen and about the Bronx burning and FDNY. I'm Mike of New York. Coming up next, let's listen to what Joe Biden had to say. <laughs> Talk about a weird way to end this segment on New York City. We're going from bad to worse, folks. Coming back with Biden. Ugh. 
talking about street crime in New York City, let's shift over to another area, and that is the crime of speech crime. Whew. You listen to that State of the Union. It sounded more like the state of Ukraine, some people say. Mike of New York. Let's listen to how Laura Ingram talked about it on Fox News the other night. Putin may circle Kyiv with tanks, but he'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. Preventing Russia's central bank from defending the Russian ruble. And a pound of Ukrainian people, the proud, proud people, pound for pound. It's time to see the the what used to be called Rust Belt become the the, the, the home of, of, of a significant resurgence of manufacturing, increasing the productive capacity of our economy. Of our economy, I call it building a better America. <laughs> There's simply nothing beyond our our capacity. Thank you. Go get him. What? Go get him. Okay. Go. Laura, who, now is this a football mind, game? I don't know, but bear in mind, the president reportedly spent hours rehearsing this speech. At times, he looked lost. He was squinting. It, it was more like the stare of the union. He kept looking <laughs> off, trying to figure things out. But, you know, look, all of the kidding aside, leadership, Laura, is about unpredictability to keep your adversaries on their toes and clarity of communication. Joe Biden had neither tonight. And as you watch the syntax mm. slip, it communicated weakness, unsteadiness, and frankly, that's why we're seeing our enemies emboldened and the media's mm -hmm. constant reportage oh, of Ukraine. It, it, all that does is distract no. from what I thought was going to be domestic affairs tonight. Instead, it was the state of Ukraine. Yeah, it was but the state of the European was, Union. Go ahead. Kind of. Yeah. yeah it was a, it was the, just, the, it doesn't, that doesn't hit home. I mean, people are, care deeply about it, but... People are focused on home front, costs, kids, crime, border. Right. Ukraine's part of it. But leading with Ukraine, I, I, no. I thought that was a miscalculation no. on their part. Well, but we'll th see. This address... This address was notable, Laura, for the reappearance of that State of the Union performance artist, Nancy Pelosi. Now, when President Biden, uh, Trump spoke, she did her pout and tear routine. Well, this time... She was a spasmodic backup dancer, <laughs> popping up and clapping, making bizarre faces, readjusting her orthodonture. But this moment took the cake. I call this dance Move of the Hungry Fly. From burn pits. Many of you have been there. I've been in and out of Iraq and Afghanistan over 40 times. Laura, she looks like a fly approaching the sugar bowl, you know. But you know why she's so excited? Joe Biden is her vitrola. He plays out all of her Burn agenda. $15 minimum wage, free child care, build back better, uh, taking on the gun industry. She's delighting. She's almost like a ventriloquist in the I back. I love this. That's what this excitement is. Oh, yeah, we got to start doing this. This no, is going to be our new sign-off, Laura. The funniest thing about this is that Biden hits the words burn pits, and she bolts up, like, out of her seat like she's sitting on itching powder. I mean, burn pits, yes. It's amazing. I don't know if she it's said amazing. barbecue she's got a second pits career. Kane is Abel. Yeah, that's Will Kane, I think. He's a 
filling in for Tucker Carlson, but he had an interesting monologue as they entered into the show tonight. I don't really watch Tucker that much. I know I put in a little something from Laura that was from the other night. There's something from Tucker, and it's very important to remember truth is the first victim of war. Propaganda comes in from all sides. They try and tell you what is going on and what is happening in conflicts. Here's Will Kane. Listen to him as he fills in for Tucker Carlson. So much of the news we're hearing out of the Ukrainian and Russian war has turned out to simply be false, whether because of the fog of war or pure propaganda. And in war, propaganda is a tool, a tool used by both sides. Nobody has a monopoly on falsehoods or the truth, but you, you deserve the truth. For example, the story of the ghost of Kiev flying over Kiev and shooting down MiGs, not true. Or the loss of 13 soldiers at Snake Island, false, verified by the Ukrainian Navy, but it's doubtful that many know the truth. And it's my job, it's our job to get you the truth. Last night, we heard that a nuclear power plant in Ukraine, the single largest nuclear power plant in Europe, nearly melted down because of a Russian attack. Is that true? How do we separate fiction from truth in Ukraine? The American people, you, are faced with a decision, a decision hopefully made not emotionally, but rationally, that could potentially lead to nuclear war. And you should be armed with the truth. So to figure out what's really happening, we want to begin tonight with Fox's Lucas Tomlinson. He's in Lviv, Ukraine, and he joins us now. Hey, Lucas. Hey, Will. The head of the International Atomic Energy Agency says last night there was no damage to the six nuclear reactors of that plant. There was no radiation leak. But last night, a battle raged at Europe's largest nuclear power plant. So basically, as you listen to the, the reporting, and we'll get into more of this about fact and fiction and uh, the fact-to-dup war that we're hearing about. There's a lot of stuff that's going on. And you have to remember, these were the same people who were involved in the hocus-pocus that led to an impeachment of an American president, false claims about scores of issues that were never proven, and eventually the total and complete exoneration of Donald Trump, as it seems to be. He was telling the truth. Ukraine is a pretty screwed up place. Now, it doesn't deserve what's happening to it. And by no stretch of the imagination do we agree with Vladimir Putin's invasion. But at the end of the day, they can at least be more truthful about what's going on. I'm Michael New York. And as you listen, learn, and remember that truth matters. I'm Mike K. Cohen. This is Mike of New York. We'll be back with more in a bit.